Oh, we're starting. <laughs> Not put the recording in my face. Well, guys, hello again. Not that I didn't already say hello, but bear with me. This might be a little hard. I have a laptop and a book. But before I tell y'all where we're going to be reading, I'm going to give y'all my topic. So my topic today is Jesus, my soul satisfier and my soul satisfier. See, this spin on words is like he's my only satisfier and he's the satisfier of your soul. Right. Soul, S O L E. Soul and soul. S O U L. Okay. Yes. yes right. So my soul satisfier and my only satisfier. I thought that was pretty clever. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> but, um, yes, my soul satisfier. No, Both clever. souls. Like soul and soul. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. No, no, no. That, like that, soul. Too. No, I thought it was that at first, but then I Googled it and hooked no, right. It's right, only but... one. So, both, yeah. guys. Okay. All right, so before I get into the story, can anyone define satisfaction? Fulfillment. Hang on, baby. Thank you. He, he got like the. I know, I just the didn't define it. I just gave it a shit. about fulfillment, and then everybody said satisfied and said. Not, okay, not, not, well, maybe I give you points. That was the technical right answer. Anyone else? Satisfaction. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I'm sure y'all have felt satisfaction in life before. A sense of oh, not yeah, wanting yeah. anything more. Wanting more. A sense of not wanting yeah. anything more. Yeah. It's just, ah, you know? So you fool. Yeah. Ah, complete. Nice. She said complete. Okay. Complete, yes. I got, I got some sense. Yeah. There's, there's something that you needed and you have gotten and you feel content. Uh, oh, that part of the need. I like there's that. There's a need and yeah. you like feel it. I like, that's a good, that's a good sense. It's almost like you read, it's almost like you read Google. Pleasure. Yeah. No, I know you didn't, but it's almost like, huh? Pleasure, pleasure like yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's a feeling of pleasure. So I'm going to give you all the definitions. And there's some that I want us to hone in on because I think it relates well, so. It is a feeling, a positive emotion or a state of mind. So some would say that a state of mind is not a feeling, it's more of a perspective, but Google gives both a feeling, a positive emotion, and a state of mind. And it is when a desire or need is fulfilled. And then a person has nothing to complain about. They no longer have anything that they can grumble about. So it's, it's just this full contentment, right? And so it's fulfillment of one's wishes, expectations, big bold needs right and then this is the one that was really interesting it's a payment of a debt or fulfillment of an obligation or claim and it is what felt it is what felt to be owed right so there's a there's a need and then when a payment or a debt is fulfilled there's satisfaction in that right so there's there's it's when a when a need is fulfilled and then a payment is is made okay so those are the two definitions that are like extremely important here right so how important is satisfaction in our lives like how if, if we didn't have satisfaction could we live so how important is it to us yeah, yeah. right um, and why does our soul seek it so bad like why why do we go to the ends of the earth and we're com complete wanderers because we're searching for this we don't know it, but that's what we're looking for right and so and if you look at like today's world if you look at jobs and the way we view success is through satisfaction right yeah. like if you look at your marriage right why do you marry 
But yes. whatever it is you have, relationship, parents, job. <laughs> but you look at it through, happiness is measured through satisfaction, right? If you look at job, there's long-term satisfaction, there's instant satisfaction. The world that I'm trying to go into, they, they're preparing you and tell you it's long-term satisfaction. Don't think there's going to be a payout immediately, right? It's, it's, it's far. So we measure happiness and how far we've made it in success depending on, our, on, on satisfaction, right? Um, and, and you will, like I said, you will find people that will go to the ends of, of the world and they will die not ever finding this, this satisfaction that they're looking for. So it's, it's just this emptiness, right? And several are full. They think they have, they've found it and then it's temporary and then the next day, perish, it's gone. And they're like, oh, I thought I had it, I thought, but it's not there, right? Um, and sad to say, we are addictive beings, okay? Yeah. Not to say that everybody's hooked on drugs, but we all have hunger, right? Yes. Food. And the thing about, and the reason why I say we're, it's an, basically an addiction, because an addiction is you supply a need, right? And then once it's filled, it craves more. Mm. And so that's how, that's how we eat, right? You eat, and then the next day, guess what? You eat breakfast again, because it's not sad. Yeah, well, I didn't eat this morning, so I'm not filled. <laughs> but that is an addiction. So we are by nature addictive beings, and we, things that are placed in us are addiction, and that, that's why drugs are not good. But that, that's not my point. <laughs> but... Um, and it is important to note that this um, hunger in us was placed from the very beginning. Um, and not to say that, um, so in the beginning, we walked, talked, were in communion with God, so we had this need for God. And as soon as man fell and we stepped out of his providence, stepped out of his, of his provision, the need didn't go away. We just got rid of the source, right? So we walked out of his providence and now we're walking around with a need and we said, God, I'm independent. I can do this my own way. So our need, our desire for him never left. That's why children are born with spirituality. A lot of times you say kids are a blank page and we're just writing on them. No, they're born with the spirituality and we're, and simply what our job to do as nurturers and people who take care of them is to fulfill them with this desire that, that is of God, right? So we are innate beings who desire God. He made us in our image. He knows we have this need. And knowing this need, right before we knew the need, he made a way for, for the need to be provided for, right? And, um, and there's a song called Love Sick by Maverick. And it says, there's a lovesick hunger deep inside my soul, right? And it's this craving that doesn't go away. It's almost irritating, right? It's, it's just constantly knocking and saying, uh, you, you won't feel me or not, right? And lovesick, the word, it's you're longing for love to a point where you are ill. So you're basically walking around sick, not knowing it, knowing you have this spiritual need inside of you that needs to be fulfilled, but you're just like, I'll fill it with something. Maybe, maybe it'll work, right? And the thing is, whether we avoid, run, hide, which we all do, right? The craving doesn't go away just because you decided, I'm going to pretend like he doesn't exist, or I'm going to pretend like everything else fulfills me. The craving is still there, and it hurts, right? It's like a sickness, and it doesn't go away. Um, and you could be living in sin, right? And, and just completely disregard this, this, the craving, but the craving is still very much there. So it's very important to be aware that you were created to desire God, to want to know him more. Because if you don't know you have this craving, then it comes, and that it doesn't come from, or that it does come from him, then you go looking for it in the wrong places, right? So is this awareness of we need, we have desperation? Desperation is meant to be satisfied, right? And, um... So this fulfillment is already provided for. It's already shown, given to us, but it's a matter of what we do with it, right? Um, you, like, 
if there's a need and the need is provided for, but a provider can only provide, and then we as receivers must receive, right? And that's where we get into our lesson. So we're going to be in John 6, guys. I'm this, there. Wow, that was fast. John 6, it's, I'm there. it's a very long story. I kind of want to cover all of them. I know this time is very slim. And uh, I believe that this book is, or this, this specific chapter is like 70 verses. So it's kind of 70. 70. 70. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's 70. 70. And I know that because I looked at it all night. So I know 70. that number. But it's 70 verses, and but I really want to focus on Jesus feeding the 5,000, which is verses 1 through 14. And then I'm, I'm not going to focus too much on Jesus walking into the water and then going into him being the bread of life for the people that he fed, right? So should we just read it through? I shall read. Yes, thank you. John 6, <laughs> chapter, like verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half years of wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they all sat down, about 5,000 men where they were. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves, loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus had performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who was to come into the world. Jesus, knowing what they had intended to come, knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again. To a mountain by himself. Thank you, Vinny. So, as you can see from the story, there was clearly a need. So, if you look at John 5, which is the story before John 6, right, it was about the story of the man that was healed by the pool, right? And he was, you know, I'm not going to go through the, the details of that story. That's a story in itself. But he was paralyzed for 38 years. He walked. People were amazed. They began to follow, right? So, there's a bunch of people that are basically following Jesus because they had heard that they had seen and heard that he healed the sick and so now they're like wow I'm, I'm about to follow you see what you have to offer and so Jesus seeing all these people he was like oh I think they're gonna be hungry and he tells Philip and says where are we gonna get this food and he's like I don't know that's a lot of money I no one can really actually pay for that because it's a lot so Jesus obviously he knew what he was gonna do he was just asking him to test him right and so like like I said when you look at the story from the very beginning, there is a need, right? There's 5,000 people that came to listen. 5,000 people are hungry. And I assume these 5,000 people are men, so you can add all, everybody else that's there. So it's just more than 5,000, right? Um, and so, um, and as always, you see Jesus using every opportunity so that the people that saw him would know him a little bit more, right? Mm. Um, and that, that's every, all the signs and the miracles that Jesus performed was so that they would know him. It wasn't for... The, the miracle itself, right? But clearly they missed that point. 
Um, but Jesus provided, right? It was the little boy. He brought everything that he had, that he had to offer, right? And uh, he, like God exceeded this boy's and everybody else's expectations with what the little that he had to offer. So from that, Jesus was able to show the people that I am the provider of your needs, right? I saw the need before you knew you were even hungry, right? And then he made a way to fulfill that need before anyone else came up with the idea, right? Um, so, so he's the God that sees their need, cares for their needs, and then provides that need. So he's, he's the all in all. It's everything, right? Um, and then, so you can see from this that Jesus didn't, it, he wasn't just concerned about their spiritual need, right? Which is what, what the preaching and teaching is for, the words that are coming out of his mouth. But he also cared about their, their physical need. Yeah. And he, he cares about, the, I remember this conversation with, with Donnie and Yabi weeks ago but this is the idea of Jesus cares about the whole person he doesn't just go oh man you hungry tough I'm glad your spiritual is full though right he just cares about the entire person he wants you to live in abundance it's not like a, a scarce mindset that you're living from yeah. and but the people they were amazed right they were like this must be the guy this must be the guy that would save us from you know the Roman rule and that's what he means by like the king like he would they would take him by force and make him king. It's they were still focused on the physical, right? Well, he made, he he gave he satisfied my hunger, so he must be here to satisfy my other physical need, which is I'm trying to trying to live freely here, right? And he was like, it, it just there was no connect for them, right? Because uh, that's that's what we do a lot too. You see the miracle in his hands and you forget the entire the the one who made the miracle happen, and you're looking at okay, he fed me and now he will take me out of oppression and rule. And um, and Jesus didn't just feed them for physical oppression, to take them out of physical oppression. He was giving them a glimpse of the coming kingdom, right? He was just like, I'm here to, I'm here to satisfy this debt that you guys don't know that y'all have on y'all right now, right? But they, they weren't seeing that. The, the, there was a disconnect there. So he fled, right? As Jesus always does, he goes, I'm going to leave before they, they, they either kill me or try to make me something that I'm not. So he did, right? And I think this is... I got confused on the locations as usual. I don't know if it was, I know they were in Tiberias. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong. And then it was the Sea of Galilee, I assume, in the middle. And then they get on this boat. I'm only saying this, uh, the walking on the water part, because I'm trying to show you how adamant these people were on to get this bread, right? <laughs> they were like, we gonna find him. So Jesus gets on the boat, or this is the walking on the water. Y'all know that story, right? He gets. Disciples are like, oh no, where's he? he like, the disciples get on the boat, travel to I think Capernaum, and then Jesus is not there because he's walking on water. You know, I think in Matthew it talks about Peter falling, all this, not believing, doubting, you of little faith, all that gets back. And then, you know, Jesus. I think they arrived back at Tiberias, but you know, the people weren't there, so the people go to where Jesus is teaching because they want more of this bread. They're like, the bread that comes from heaven, we would love some more, right? And that's where we get into 22, right? What? <laughs> yeah, this is where we get into 22. So this is where Jesus is revealed. He reveals himself as the bread of life. So it says, the next day the crowd... Wait, Beanie, do you want to read? I shall read from <laughs> chapter 6, verse 22 of the Gospel of John. The next day the crowd that had uh, stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that the only... That only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, 
but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boat and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Virtually, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. Thank you. Robin, you sound like that Bible app recording yeah, that yeah. I played oh, to listen to, like, you know, the dramatic effects that goes with the ocean. Besides the point, it was great. That's Thank what you. I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, all right, so you guys can see Jesus was not on the boat when they arrived, so what did they do? They said, we're going to get that bread. So, they traveled all the way to Capernaum and said, Hey, God, or hey, Jesus. What would it say? Rabbi. Well, it's like, when did you get here? Rabbi, when did you get here? It's almost like, dude, they came looking for him. How are you going to ask that? But, um, yeah. So after they ask that, Jesus goes right in and goes, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So, again, these people did not come looking for Jesus. Because of the sign. Because what are signs for? Signs are to strengthen our faith in the one who actually performed the sign. So if they were really looking for this, they would be looking for the actual son of man. They wouldn't, but they came for the bread, right? It's, again, like that hunger I was talking about. It's like, I was, I was hungry yesterday, and I was still, I'm still hungry today. You still have to feed me, right? And I'm sure bread was hard to come by then. But, yeah, so th- this is, I- I'm sure this is why they would go to this extreme lengths to go find bread from a person who thanked God and it came down. I don't know how, but it came. Um, so yeah, signs are like, it's like little glimpses of his power so that you would deepen your love for him, right? Or it is, it's the, like going how wide, how far. It's, it's, you're seeing the dimensions of who God is because of the signs. The signs are not itself meant to be worshipped and praised, right? But that's why he was saying, you're not looking for me. You're looking for the, the flows that filled you. And then he goes on to say this other verse that is super powerful, which is 27. Don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him the, the, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Now, what does this verse remind you of, guys? Y'all remember Matthew 6, right? The do not worry passage and the, all that one, right? It's do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Oh, I didn't tell y'all what this was. This is Matthew 6, 19 through 21. <laughs> but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, first of all, you need to work for and invest in the imperishable rather than the perishable. It is, it is foolish to store up something that will literally disappear tomorrow, yeah. right? Like, like it's, if someone looked at you, right, and they had the lens, uh, like the, the spiritual oh. lens, and living for eternity, they would look at you and said, you are wasting your time, right? Um, and 
And the imperishable thing that God is talking about, right, is this internal life with him. Is this looking at life through the, the lens of eternity. It changes the way you walk and, and the, what you're looking for even in the midst of problems, right? And so this is what he came to give us. He's like, simply, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to, you have a need, you're broken, there's a spiritual need being to fulfill, you're dead. And I came to give, give you life, right? I'm not here to just fill up your stomachs. That's great. I gave you that craving, that hunger, and I'll fill that up, so don't worry about that. But if that's all you're investing in, you're, simply put, a loser, right? That's, you're just, you're losing, and there, there's no winning in that, right? Um, and, he's, and then they're like, oh, okay, so storing up is work, investing is work, right? So they're like, what is this work that we're supposed to do? And he said, simply, in one sentence, right? This is the work of God that you believe in the one he has sent, right? It's, it's very simple, but also very complicated, right? It's believe in me as your provider for your spiritual deadness or dead, dead yeah. Your deadness, I'm the one who gives life for that. Um, and what's it called? So in eternity with him, a lot of times we, we just like, oh, this, I'm doing this in vain. This is just, this is so pointless. I don't see the end. And if you look at eternity with him, it is worth the work. And you're, because you're investing in the rest of your life. Like, I, I think it was, I don't listen to Michael Todd no more, but there's this one sermon that I remember from him, right? And was it him? It's a gigantic rope. No, it's not him. Okay, it's thank so God it's not. not. <laughs> it's because Nothing. they're black. It's no, so I love black people. I'm black. He's <laughs> not black. He's <laughs> Asian, man. Okay, there's this guy. Okay, that's a preacher. Sure. He's It's a man of God. Okay, and he has a gigantic rope, and there's like red tape in the, on the center or the edge. And he was like, "This is your 90 years here on earth. If that, the rest of the rope is your eternity. Now, if you sit here working, your blood, sweat, tears for this much, you are a fool because there's so much rope left, and you gotta still walk that right. Our our job, like." There's just so much more left than what you're looking at right in front of you. And he's telling us to live wisely because people who live wise live with eternity as their focus. It's, it's what they're looking at, right? And so the people who are storing up, right? They, people who store up for eternity, they don't only just benefit when they see him, they're benefiting here on earth, right? Because it, what you sow is what you reap, right? Um, and so that's why he tells us, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Because um, isn't life more than food and body more than clothes? So this, th there is more to this life than what is in front of you, right? The, the coolest clothes, I mean, I, I, it's hard to be like, don't worry about it. Because, you know, Bill was looking at you, Debt was looking at you, and, you know, not nicest clothes looking at you. And like, God, what do you mean? But there's just so much more that he's offering that we're not realizing is there because we're, we're still blind, right? There's still this need. It's like marriage. I'm not married, but I'm going to relate it to marriage. I will try, right? I saw this Instagram reel. <laughs> Bear with me. It's this, it's this coming. Yeah, my, my reel, my Instagram feed is usually hair and relationships. Makeup. Makeup. I can't oh. do that to save my life. What? <laughs> She said hair. Didn't she say hair? She can do that. It's relatable. I said hair and makeup. I thought it would. No, mine's just hair. Okay, I'm sorry. But anyways, um, so a lot of times people say marriage is hard work, or any relationship at that is hard work, right? Which it is. But if you give your all to it, right, it does it. Like 
like what's it called, the reaping from the covenant itself is fulfilling. It's rewarding, right? Even if you're going through all the, I don't know why to hear his marriage. I'm sorry. It's just this one. I'm going to do. Oh, no, she needs to hear this. Go preach. <laughs> she knows it. No, keep preaching. <laughs> so um, if you have this mentality of, oh, the person providing for me is selfishly feeding off of me, then you're a loser. And you're not investing into something that will pay out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is very similar to our relationship or our covenant with God. Marriage was designed to reflect God's covenant with us. Yeah. So we should be storing up for an eternity with him because in the end, that's all that's going to matter, right? And, and in this storing up, right, what, like you said, the first work is believing in him. And then there's so much more you have to work out, obviously. It's not like a, I believe, I'm done, that eternity is set. It is set because he says it's set in his son. It's sealed, Right? But there's still so much more, but I don't know my focus. But you get the idea. Yeah. Um, and what's the next part? So I'm going to relate it to the redeeming love scene, guys. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> You're going to like this video, I promise. Not yes. everybody watched it, okay? What? But oh. the redeeming, it's a book and a movie. But and the, I'll explain oh. it as best as I can possibly the movie can. Was not good. But the book was means good. being a hater. <laughs> So I, I want to show you why investing into everything else is meaningless because first of all, it leaves you in debt, right? It's not like, it's not like you're like giving to the things that's perishable and it pays you. It, it just, it robs you and then it's temporary. And then it's still, it's still like, it's almost like you're a slave to it and it, you're in debt to it because it's you're not, now you're following it. You're addicted to it. Right. Um, and, uh, it, it leaves you more empty, empty than why you, than when you started. And that's why. He yeah. calls it meaningless and empty, right? So, the movie scene. Y'all remember that scene, right? So, so there's this main character's angel, okay? And she's a prostitute. Okay. So she, yeah, she represents Israel. And then we have the Duchess, and she's the leader of the brothel, right? And so, and then there's this guy named Michael. He was supposed to represent the love of God, right? Pulling her, telling her to come away with him, right? So he, he's annoying, obnoxious. God pursues us in that way. Not, not that you know. <laughs> we get the idea. Yeah, what like, are you trying to it's say? Like, it's like Michael came to her and was like, I know you have a need. There's so much more than this. But she's like, uh, first of all, I've been doing this my way for this long. Why are you in my face and being annoying? Like, you don't know I have a need. Who put you here to tell me? He's like, no, but I know you. <laughs> so she says no to him. But, you know, now she's aware of this hunger that she didn't know that she had. Right? So she's like, you know what? I am. I am better than this. So she decides, I'm a, she still wanted to do it her own way. She's like, I'm still going to provide for myself. I know. I'll go to that duchess and get my gold from her, and then I'll go live my life on my own, right? And okay. <laughs> So she goes, okay, duchess is, duchess is the person who leads the brothel, right? So the, first of all, how the duchess even got her there was on false purpose. So she told her, <laughs> she told her, I'm like a bank. Invest into me. Right? If you invest in me, when you're ready to leave, I will give you everything that you've made. And it's all yours. And it'll basically, it's a nice payout, right? I'm a bank, invest, I make your money grow, and then you can go. When, you, when you're ready to leave this life of slavery, yeah. you can go. You're free now. And she said, she, she hoped on that. She banked on it, and she was like, all right. So she went, knocked on this woman's door, and she said, can I have my gold now? And she said, what? What do you mean? I sat here. And I provided for you. I gave you a house and food. Do you see that clothes on your back? The finest silk is not even found in this town. 
Okay, so she told her, I mean, she's right. She is living in provision. She is. She has her food, she has her clothes, she got her bed, she got her food. She's living better than most women who are unmarried in that town, right? But then she said, first of all, you should be grateful, okay? In fact, now you owe me. <laughs> it's like, I did all this. You, there's nothing to show for it because it's still with me. And, and now you owe me. So the Duchess is saying, she provided for her, but it was from selfish gain. It was from an idea of, you live for me, I get, I get bigger, and now you still owe me. So you're indebted to me and you have to come back for me to live, right? And it's, it's completely opposite from the provision of God. When you look at the bread that he gave, right? It wasn't, I'm gonna give you this bread, now you owe me, okay? It's, I give you this bread so you can show that I have, you have this need and that I love you and that I'm offering you something better, right? It's like, I saw the hunger, I saw the need and I'm providing from a place of love and I'm telling you I want you to live better rather than the Duchess who's like, I'm doing this for me. Even though she didn't say it, this basically, she was like, I'm, I'm gonna, I see, she also saw her need. She saw her hunger and she, and she used it for her own gain. So there's an ulterior, uh, ulterior motive, yes, that. So Angel was a fool for investing in something that basically ran her dry and left her emptier than she started. Yeah. Right, because she came from that that life, and she entered the same thing that she already knew, and she she maintained the the, the perspective of I will provide for myself. He showed me I need hunger, but I'm going to fulfill it with what I know is best. Right, I'll go take the money that I had, I'll go somewhere else, and I'll whatever he. I mean, he talked about marriage, right? But she said, I'm a, I'm gonna get married not to you, but I'm gonna find something to tie myself with, and that will satisfy me. Right, but even that didn't work out. She kind of got pummeled and put back in her place, and there's a long story after that. But, yes, do not invest in something that basically will run you dry, run you empty, and also will, it's a person who doesn't even care about your, your soul and what it actually needs, right? So now, we're going to back to the part, of the part of the verse that talks about, for on him God the Father has placed the seal of approval, right? So we're going back to the definition, right, of fulfill satisfaction, which is the payment of a debt or fulfillment of obligation or claim, right? Uh, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I promise I'll get there. Okay, so why does Jesus get the seal of approval? Why, is he, why does he get to be our soul satisfier? Why, why does he get that privilege? I don't understand it. Why, why, why can't it be Nathan? Why, why can't Nathan be our soul Either one, really, y'all. Both Nathan. <laughs> Why, why does, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you really think about it, why does Jesus get to be the one? Why, why did God choose Jesus? Because he himself is full. Ah, okay. Good answer. He has no need. Yeah, that's true. If, if he's in himself fullness, then These he doesn't have people, a need. These people, they need stuff. <laughs> Jesus doesn't. They need stuff. They need stuff. We're Jesus needy. Doesn't. He's not needy. He doesn't need anything. He only wants us. Yeah, he doesn't need anything. That, you, that's a good point. Thanks. I, didn't think. I know it's not in the notes. It's not. That was good. <laughs> but God or Jesus was the only one who walked this earth perfect, right? Yeah. There was a law. Everyone fell short. And that's why we were in need of saving. That's why we're in spiritual death and we're blind and can't see anything. But he came on this earth, walked the most perfect life, right? Walked a, right a completely righteous life, was blameless. And so... Um, he basically, he did what no man could do, live a perfect life, and then carry the weight of the world, right? The weight of our sins, and then die for it. And then came back to life. Now tell me, well, which one of us can do that? 
Absolutely none of us, right? You can't live a perfect life. We already failed on mark number one, right? And so now he basically satisfied a debt that we could never pay ourselves, right? So a perfect, holy, righteous lamb is the only one who can satisfy us. If he paid the debt and satisfied the debt that we could not pay ourselves, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, I see him being the only sole satisfier of our souls is because he could do the thing that I couldn't do for myself. I couldn't, I couldn't save myself. I, if, I, if it was up to me, I, I would be cast out for eternal death and I'd just be living this life wandering, trying to find satisfaction in everything that moved, right? Which is not, is not what we're meant to live, right? And so from this, you can see like, even God sending Jesus, right? He loved his son. Him sending, the, sending God, Send God sending Jesus. God sending God. God, God sending God. But God sending Jesus shows like his provision in itself, right? We stepped out of his providence. We stepped out of his provision, but he said, I know they still need me. I guess I'll go down and die. But the people who rejected me from the beginning. And on top of that, they're probably gonna reject me again. Like, he probably gonna have to cry again. I'm sure he like there are people that he look that, that he looks at this world, parts of the world, and he cries yeah. over these people because he, he's like, they were his first, right? So he's, he's in this process of redeeming people back. It's, redeeming is claiming what was once yours. That's, my, that's you're his, yeah. right? And so when, when God seals um, Jesus for approval, right, he's saying this, it's in him. Only you can be satisfied, only in him. And then he seals us too. Yes. And he's saying now, because you're in, in, in him, you're fulfilled, right? And you, the, the way that you saw before, after you say, after you do this work of accepting and believing, right? Now, you can't look at everything the way that you once looked at it before. You know, you're, you're a new creation. It was this thing that we talked about in Bible study, right? What does it mean to be in Christ, right? Every time you say, I'm in him now, right? Now, now you've died to how you live. And how, how did I used to live? Well, I tried to provide myself. I thought I was an independent woman <laughs> or man for those of you that are we never say that. We never say that. <laughs> well, I don't go around saying I'm independent woman, but a lot of the times how I live my life is that. It's I'm saying I don't need you. I will prove to you that I can do this by myself. I can I can do it all. Right? And we live this because that's how we left. That's how we left the garden saying, What you have for me is not better. I will do it myself and then we got the payment for that, right? Mm-hmm. And so once you say I'm in Christ, it's this surrendered life that we were talking about Bible study and when you say, I'm in the surrendered life, like, now you rely on him, right? You don't rely on yourself anymore. It's a new way of looking at things. Yes, it's going to be hard, and it's going to be this constant tugging back and forth, but it's, it's questioning, it's, it's testing this, who do you trust now? Who am I, tr- do I trust myself? Do I trust my friend? Do I trust my uh, job? Is, is that my, my ultimate satisfaction? Or is there something in there that I'm supposed to see that's beyond the job itself? Right or the or the person itself or whatever it is that you know you're looking at to be satisfied. So need is there, need is met. Now the debt is paid. I'm fully satisfied because I've accepted the work that he's done, not from anything that I've done. Right. So he did the work, and my work is simply to say, I believe that that work is complete, it's finished, and now I walk in that work. Uh-huh. Right. Um. Now, we go into verse 30. And this, Bini, can you do 30 to 35? I shall read chapter 6, verse 30 of the Gospel of John. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors 
ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to those, to, to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Her- Amen. Okay. So, these people, after he then showed them two signs, if you go back to John, right, John 5, he saw, he saw, they saw them, saw him heal. Wow, I don't have words. And then in John 6, right, you see him feed 5,000 people. If you ask anybody, right, honestly, if we were there, we'd probably be those 5,000. No, but can you show me another one, God? But no, right? Since we're looking at it from the, uh, you know, looking at them, right, we're like, you really gonna ask, like, dude, he literally fed 5,000 of y'all, plus more, and there were leftovers. He provided, he exceeded your expectations, and now you want more? So, that's what they started off with, and, you know, Jesus has the best answers. Um, and he said, uh, he talked about their ancestors, right, who were hungry in the wilderness, and he gave them manna to eat, right? And he said, he gave them bread from heaven to, no, they said, well, he, God gave us bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said, no, most of them give you nothing, okay? God, God the Father himself, right, gave you the true bread from heaven. Yes. And the bread that comes from heaven, the true bread that comes from heaven, is coming to give you life. Mm-hmm. Not just to satisfy this, this annoying hunger in your stomach that's asking for food all the time, but he came to give you life himself, right? Well, why did they call the way down here? Yeah. Okay. So when, when God gave the Israelites manna from heaven, it wasn't just so they could have manna. He was pointing to Jesus, right? Further, he was like, I will send down my true, the true bread from heaven that will give you life, from heaven, yeah. right? And it wasn't, like I said, again, where these people and us were so focused on what, what can you do for me, God? Here's the miracle. But there's so much more, right? Everything that happens, right, is pointing to Jesus everything in the Bible points to Jesus and everything in our lives right now is pointing to him so that we would know him a little bit more so that we could hold on until we do see him, right? And so these people did not get it. Um, and he was saying, it points to me. I'm it. This, I'm, the, I'm the manna that he provided from the heaven. I'm, I'm what the miracle points to. Don't keep looking at the manna but me, right? Yes. And he said, you were hungry then and he filled you and now, you're hungry now. You still have your spiritually hungry you're, there's a desperation inside of you that you're not aware of but now i'm making you it's almost like the miracle made them aware that they're still hungry because now they're like annoyingly saying can we always have this bread please can you give me this bread and he goes and i think even when they ask this they're still asking for that that miracle bread from heaven right mm. and he goes in 35 i am the bread of life no one comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again right uh and I'm just going to go ahead and read the other verses because I think I'm, I'm trying to tie it all in together. So 35, Jesus goes, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Verses 48 through 51, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes from, down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. 
I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then we have verses 53 through 57, which says, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. This part I really like. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Right? So a couple things to point from this very long passage is, Eating from Jesus alone is the only thing that brings life. That's the only thing that you will not die from. Yes, you will die. And after you're like 8, 90, hopefully we all make it there. But you will die. But there's this eternity, right, that he's talking about, this, this kingdom that he's talking about, that he wants all of us to take a part in, that everyone is supposed to have a seat at the table at. He wants us to all take a part of it. So he's, he's literally saying, will you give up what you already know about bread? Will you, like, expand what you see? Right? And see that I'm here to give you life. And you will not die if you eat from me. Right? And he's a source of life. Like, you cannot eat from anything else for life. Life solely comes from God himself. Right? Or Jesus. Same idea. Jesus. So it's having... So what I'm seeing from this is it's having a taste from him, a drink from him. So when I, when I hear drink his blood, right, I'm thinking of this, this cleanliness, right, this, this forgiveness that comes. And then having a taste of him. Now you believe him. Now you're in him, right? And you, the way that you view things is differently now, right? And he says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them, right? Now, now we're kind of like, like sealed, right? And if he's in me and I'm in him, we're inseparable here, right? And I'm supposed to be, um, now I know that my life comes from Jesus. Jesus sent, what, what is that last verse? Whoever eats this bread will live, nope, that's not the one. It's just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So life came from God himself, right? And he sent Jesus down saying, this is life, right? So in order for me to access life, what, tr what life truly means, I need, I need Jesus. I can't, I can't bypass Jesus and be like, oh God, there you are, right? I need Jesus, and, and it, it can only be him. I can't add everything else and be like, Jesus, thank you. And then be like, I'm gonna hang on to the way I used to do things, the way I used to trust in things, right? The way I used to rely on things, the way that, just literally everything you can possibly think of about you and how you used to do things, your character, your, your literally everything now, it's, I, there's, a, there's a new way that I'm looking at things. There's a new way that he's guiding my eyes to see things, the way that I'm hearing him, the way that his voice sounds to me, right? It might be the whisper, right? But it's, it's supposed to be louder than everything else, right? Because now if he's in me, I'm supposed to be living on the words that are coming out of his mouth, not on everything else, right? Um, let's see. So now, after he says, eat from me, you're realizing now, well, I'm no longer hungry, right? And the thing about being fulfilled by God is you're full, but you still are hungry for him, right? He leave, it, I don't know, it's this weird contrast, which I don't understand. Like, my mind gets a little confused every time I think about it. It's a, <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a, I'm no longer hungry, but I'm hungry for yes. you. I'm no longer desperate. I'm fulfilled, but I'm still desperate for you. Now I'm not running after other things, right? My source is clear, 
right? My need, very clear. It's still very much there. Every day I wake up, I need you. That's why we sing those songs. I need you. I didn't get it, but like, it's true. My need was fulfilled. I said yes to him. I believe in him. He did the work, and now I'm like, but I still need you. Like, and the work that, Alman says this a lot, right? The gospel message is fully satisfies and it's enough, right? So it's not a gospel message that dies, right? He did it back then and it's still working today and that's why it's still enough and it satisfies and it endures until the end of time because it's, it's still applicable, it's still here, right? Um, and that's why every other silence is worried because if he gave me my, the need that I needed the most, right? And it's my spiritual need and he, he brought me alive, then, then every other worry's kind of like this compared to I was going to be dead forever. Like, that's, that's the one. He saw that need. He said, I'm going to fill it. So why can't he fill everything else? Why do I question him every single time something else comes, right? Something comes. I'm like, oh, it's like, I gave you life. Why are you, like, why do you keep, why are you not trusting who I say that I am when I've already provided, right? I provided for you guys in the wilderness. I gave you manna, right? Now I fed you in the flesh. I physically fed you. And now you're like, I don't get it, Jesus. How can you be the bread? It doesn't make sense. And it's this constant, he says, believe me. And we go, okay, okay, I'll believe you. But then we're like, okay, but please make all, make all of this make sense to me. I don't understand. Right? And he's just like, just, just trust. It's fine. You will see it. It's, you know, when they say hindsight is twenty twenty. when you look back, you're like, oh, God, I see, I see how you're there. But when you're walking through it, it's just so messy and unclear. But let's see. And then there are several verses. I'm really trying to skip because I'm trying to get to the other part Anyways, so there's a lot of the parts of the Bible where it talks about, um, he talks about how it is the will of his father, right? And he's saying those that the father sends them, he will not turn away, mm-hmm. right? So it's this idea of, for us to even come into this, into this love with God, he chose us to begin with. Like, if you read in Ephesians, it's he, he predestined us, he chose us, right? We didn't say, God, I'm going to love you, and then you will love me back. It's not something that's earned, right? He said, I choose you. And I predestined to love you, and I had so much love that I wanted to love. And I'm giving it to you, and I want you to live in this love. This, this love, this, this expression of love that is just, it's so hard to understand. But as we live, he gives us glimpses of that hope, glimpses of his love. And you're just like, I, can, I think I can hold on a little longer because I know this part of him that I never knew before. Right? So it was his will for us to be in Christ, and his will gives him pleasure. So... If, if this was the way that he intended for us to be provided for, for us to have our needs, then if it's his will, then I don't know how you can question the man who came up with the plan. It's like, this is my plan. This is how I intend for you to be loved. So your job is just to say, okay, like, don't fight the will. It's the will. It's there. It's written. And it's not going to pass away. It's, it's final, right? Um, with that, this is the part that, that really stuck with me. It was after all this is said, they're just like, mm, nah, you ain't the true bread. You came from Mary and Joseph. We know you. You cannot be the true bread from heaven. Right? And they begin complaining and grumbling, which shows that they are not satisfied. Because what did we say in the beginning? Satisfaction equals no complaining. There's no grumbling in satisfaction. Right? And these people are like, no. Even some of the disciples are like, Jesus, I don't know. And so Jesus is like, are these words offending to you? Like towards the end, he's like, am, are you like, does this, I guess, rile you up? And, and this is the part that I love, right? It was, Jesus was like, are you, are you going to leave me now too? After some disciples left, left. And Simon was like, Lord, who, like, who shall we go to? You have the words of eternal life, right? So if you go into, there's a verse in Deuteronomy 6, 8, right? That goes, 
man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, right? And you see Jesus referring to that same scripture in Matthew 4, where he's being tempted by the devil, right? And he's being tempted by this craving, right? So God knows the craving that we have, but Jesus knows, the, at least the hunger part. I don't think he can, yeah, he was not spiritually dead. But anyways, uh, he, it, it's almost like, um, we need, the, we need God's words to survive. We need this, right? This is, the, this is the first way of knowing him. Otherwise, we're just, you're literally just satisfying to yourself to die tomorrow. And it's, it, it's, it's mind-blowing that that's how a lot of us live our lives even today. Even after being in him, a lot of us still live that way. And it's like, why? Why, why are we not getting? Why are we not getting it? Why are we not getting, like, it's, it's very simple. The, part, the thing that he's offering is not for him to gain or for him to be like, ha. I got them under my thumb. It's, it's, it's really, truly just out of pure and true love. It's, I know you have a need. I want, you, I want it to be met, and I, I'm offering myself, right? So, y'all, you guys killed me, but I, it, it, I died because I died for y'all out of love. The only motive was love, right? So, this is where I tell you guys about me. Okay. Did I talk too long? Okay, so, <clears throat> so guys, as you all know, I'm going to school soon, okay? School calls for money, okay? And as you get older, your expenses rise through the roof, and you don't know how bad you are with money until you have expenses, and it's mind-blowing. Okay, so, not too long ago, I think it was two or three weeks ago, right? Even before that, I was learning about God as provider, but I kind of tucked it back in the back of my head because I was like, do I even have a need at this current moment? Probably not. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. I promise. It's just I'm realizing now in hindsight that for me to tuck away such important information is because I wasn't aware or conscious of the need that I had. Right? So two weeks prior to, I think it was Friday, August 5th, right? I know these days because I learned stuff a lot. But I... I quit my job, right, not knowing about the future. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have another job, but I, I was like, I have to leave. This is not going to work for school. Something's not right here. I have to go. So I left, right? And within a week, right, and the thing is, everybody, friends, whatever friends were texting me, whatever my parents were saying, it was all leading up to trust him. He'll provide, right? And that's like all the verses that came up was trust the Lord with all your heart, right? Um, you know, he's gyro, he'll provide, he'll make a way. He made a way before, right? He made a way for you not to be dead anymore, so why, why can't you make a way for money? So I quit the job, right? And then um, within a, I think within a week, right, after, I, I, was, I was feeling more encouraged, right? Because I was like, you got me, God, what? And so within the week, right, I got a flyer from a friend who helped me quit. <laughs> <laughs> I went to this hiring event, and let me tell you guys, God came through. I had that job within two hours, okay? It was, I heard about the job, went there, and then, like, got interviewed, everything, onboarding process, instant, got a job. And I was like, yo, God, so when you say you can provide, you are not playing. All right, and it was, it was the quickness that I think that he wanted me to see. He was like, if I want something to happen, it's not my inability, it's I can... I can make anything happen. If I say it, my word comes true instantly if I say it, right? So I was like, so I was just being reminded of his goodness. I was like, oh, you brought me this far. I mean, if you placed me here, why won't you make a, make a way? Like, if you told me to be here, like, 
I can't help but trust that you'll make a way in the place that you placed me in. So I said, amen, I received it. I was so excited, like I was on the, I was, I was there, y'all. I was like, I got a job, <laughs> too happy. And it was, it was a more reliable pay than my other one. My other one was kind of disrespectful, but we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> and then, you guys, the next day, instantly, heaviness hits, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be sad. <laughs> I saw the mirror. Oh it's like God. we're going now. Yeah, okay. I was so excited. I thought we we're just gonna go. Literally, literally, the day I got hired, I was excited, and then the next morning, I'm like, something ain't right. I'm heavy. I just, I was like, it was, you know, I don't know if y'all felt this before, but it's this feeling of I'm supposed to see something, I'm supposed to hear something, but I'm not seeing it, and now I'm mad because I can't see it, I can't hear it now, everything seems bleak, I'm so ungrateful, and everything that God said becomes this big, and I'm like, I'm just all up in my feelings, right? And that was literally the weekend of our youth takeover, let me tell you. I was so, you know how many things God was doing, and I was incapable because I was in my feelings? Like, obviously, it wasn't that I was a sulky there, but after the weekend passed, Monday, Monday hit. I spent that day in my bed, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> That's so sad. But in that weekend, it's not like I stopped believing in God. It was more of like, God, at this point, I just want to know you. Because I thought I knew you when you provided, but clearly something is missing. Like, show me who you are. Open my eyes to see you in this moment. Because I cannot, I don't know what's happening. Like, I was supposed to be grateful, but my gratitude went out, the, went out and my soul's supposed to praise you in all things, but I don't feel like it right now. So it was just, just a bunch, right? And then... I go through Monday, and it's so sad because you begin. But you, be, I'm this kind of person that, like, when things get hard, I go back to how I deal with problems when I was a long time ago, and that's just to wallow and look up my shows, my food. And my, I don't eat food. My snacks. <laughs> I don't eat food. I snack. Okay, and I'm over here like this is so sad, and you just aimlessly begin doing things. I'm like, I don't know what I'm. So I'm just sad. Thankfully, the next morning, you know, I was encouraged. I was like, I don't know where this joy comes from, but you are right. Joy comes in the morning because I was too grateful the next day, on Tuesday. This, this is a roller coaster. <laughs> you understand. And the thing is that when I went to bed that night, when I was ungrateful, I was like, Jesus, I need all the joy you can God have because this is going to be a long week if I'm mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the week just gets longer and. You're unable to see the goodness of him and like the people around you. It's just gratitude is so much better as a lens. But I woke up saying, God, I am not going to focus on what hasn't been done. I'm going to focus on what you did. Better yet, I'm going to focus on who you are. Because when I focus on that, right, everything else just, it's not that it's still there. Believe me, the money is still looking at me in the face. Mind you, grad school, expensive, okay? So it was still looking at me. I had a job, and I was grateful. I was like, God, you brought me through. And then the week passes. I go to ground. Yes? No, just keep going. Okay, so I go to grounded. <laughs> no, it gets better. I probably oh, thank God. Jeez. Okay. You were not trusting in me. So I go to grounded. Beanie oh, teaches about love. That, you know, stirs me up. And I'm like, you know, this is not all pointless. It was really the James one, the trials part. And I remember back a long time ago, like, my prayer used to be, Jesus, who are you? In everything. Like, I wanted to know him in every single way you could know Jesus. But, you know, obviously he can't flood me that instantly. I would be overwhelmed. It's <laughs> gracious. <laughs> but Grounded comes. In, I, like, went to a friend's house, spent the night there, came back and everything. And it started to hit me after that following Sunday. I was like, yo, 
I think I focused on the miracle so much, right, that I forgot why the miracle was even there. It wasn't there for me to be like, oh, the miracle was great. Thank you, God. And, and, the re- and I realized my heaviness was from a place because I didn't understand his motive. I was, it was just like I was banking on the next thing that was in his hand rather than remaining in his hand and saying, God, you did this out of love. And that's the thing. His provision doesn't mean anything to you if you don't understand where it's from. It's from a place of love, right? You don't understand Father if you don't understand that it's from a place of love, right? And this, and so it's literally everything that Jesus does, like even when I was talking to Yabi, it's this idea of like he does what he does so that we would believe him more. It's not so that we can just be so clinged on what he has to give us. That, that's inevitable, right, what comes in his hand. And I, was, I think I was so focused on the blessing that my, that my desperation kind of just went out the window for him because I was like, I think I was so focused on the job itself, and it wasn't the job, like, because this is, this is why I knew it wasn't the job. <laughs> After I was encouraged, I was like, God, I know why you do what you do, is so that I would know the depths of your love, and so that I would continue, right? Faster than the job came, the job left. Come again? <laughs> the job left me. I'm not doing I that. I thought job. we're going this way. Yeah, no, this is actually, well. The job left you. No, listen. No, 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 no. I thought it would work. I was hopeful. The money was looking good. And then I had a meeting with them for 30 minutes, 15 minutes into the meeting, bro. I was like, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> Let me tell you. It just didn't work with my schedule. The, the, the job basically was trying to make me between, pick nah, between church and work. And I was like, I mean, church and school. And I was like, well, I want both. So I don't want you. Mm. So I just didn't work. I'm, I'm currently jobless. But let me, this is, this is my point, right? If, if, I was, if I hadn't gotten the message, right? If I hadn't seen what God wanted me to see, which was him, right? When the job went, I would have went with it, right? I'm here still grateful for who he is because I saw what he wanted me to see, which is his love. It's not necessarily his provision, what he had to give me, right? But I'm sad. I was satisfied because I'm still jobless, you guys. That has not changed, right? Hey, I think the jobless part is this, okay? Like, I think it was a win, because honestly, if I took that job, y'all would hate me. Y'all would hate me. Everybody, it'd just be bad, right? So it's this this idea of like everything that I go through. Am I going through this? Am I going through suffering, trials, even good things? Saying, God, who are you in this? Like, what? Because the thing is, if God shows us who He is in this, I can hold on to that. I can't hold on to my job. I, there's some factors that I'm not even part of. Yeah. Like, I could not pick my schedule. It was fixed, apparently. It was fixed, apparently. <laughs> I'm used what to flexibility. Hey, I mean, there's flexible job. Don't do that. I'm not stupid now. <laughs> so, the two things that I want you guys to know about this whole thing, right? It's one, the most important thing in getting satisfaction from God, right? Or being fully satisfied in Him is believing in the one that was sent, right? That's the only place you can find life, right? only place you can find purpose and another thing is we are going through this life and he keeps us here is so that we would know him more and so that others would know him more it is this deepening of this love and it takes me to this verse that i now love and aman said it so many times and he said it at grounded and hit me there and it'll hit you guys hopefully (laughs) so it's ephesians 3 17 through 20 right and i pray that christ will be more and more at home in your hearts living within you as you trust in him May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love and that you may be able to feel and understand as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is, and to experience this love for yourselves, though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so as 
So at last, you will be filled up with God himself. So at the end, you will be filled up with God himself. Our satisfaction comes from knowing his love. It's, that's, that's it. There's, there's no other nuance to it or like, okay, but maybe. It's, it's simply that. And so when you guys are suffering, because suffering is literally at the door. Like, it's always there, right? Or you're, even if you're going to figure out, okay, like, why am, I, why am I doing this? Why am I in this job? Why am I at the school? Why am I in this class? It is so that you would know him. The, and I don't know how, right? That, that's something that you ask him. I cannot tell you, oh, how he, he's trying to show you himself this way, right? And it's so that you would encounter him. It's not so that I would encounter him for you and tell you. It's so that you would for yourself, right? And from what I learned and what I've been told and prayed over for is this idea of God is better than what I'm telling you, what someone has told you. He's so much better than that, right? And, and the thing is, don't discount like the little things that he's doing in your life, because they matter. They amount to something much larger, right, which is his love. If you, if you don't count the little things, the big thing's not going to phase you, right? So I wasn't counting his love for everything else that he had raised me up in. And so when the big thing came, the job, I was like, and? <laughs> it didn't, like, it phased me for one day, but the next day, I was like, it, it was like, I want more. What do you, else do you have to give me? Almost like a transactional thing. So... So knowing this, there's, there's something that we have to do, right? It's call on him. Come to him. If he's offering this life, come. There's, there's only one response, right? And um, then there's this verse I like. <laughs> um, and I think I don't. Yeah, it's Psalms, 1, 1, Psalms 145, 18. It's like, he is near to those who call on him in truth. Right. I was mind blown. I was like, God, I don't. Like, in that time that I was heavy, I was like, I don't know what it means to call on you in truth. I don't understand that. Like, you keep saying you're close. I get it. But I don't know how to call on you in truth. I don't know what that means. And simply that means is, are you ready to let it all go? Are you ready to be so desperate, so at the bottom that you're like, okay, I can't do anything else but rely on you. I don't know how to fend for myself. I don't know to, how to be for myself. But you know. Right? So... It's, it's like Beanie was said in the prayer. This is a call to action. It's not. It's not a. Oh, that rubbed me the right way. <laughs> it's a. It's a. Are you ready to be? And yes, it's gonna hurt when you let it all go. What you. What you known. The unknown is so much scarier. I know that. But even in the mundane, right? In the mundane, he has purpose. He has purpose in the things that you just. You're just like ah. Oh, I'm just getting through this class just to get through this class. I don't understand why I'm here. This is pointless. Right? It's not pointless. There's a reason. He's building you up so that you would know him. And through what you're doing, right, others know him. It's like what Johanna's mom said, if y'all were there on the conference, right? Her, her healing, like when she was healed, right, it wasn't just so that she would know him further as healer from a place of love, but so that her father would know the kind of God that she served, right? It's not, it's not just for you. So if, if, you, if you view your life as, who is Jesus in this? Oh, it's so much sweeter. <laughs> so much better. It just, yeah, that's, that's all. Just believe in the one who sent. Believe in the one that the Father sent. And live life trying to know a little bit more of who he is. And call on him in that. He will respond, I promise you. He says that himself. Not even from my words. But he said he would respond to those who call on him. So, that's all I got for y'all. One more verse that you have to read, right? There's one more verse that you like? Go ahead, read it. I mean, if you look at Psalm... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a passage, but it's not a verse. It's fine. It's fine. What? It's John 10.10. <laughs> the thief comes to kill the oh, sword, I but 